Also on Windsor Road, not 200 metres from the school's front gate, was Kellyville's main shopping strip, a small cluster of shops including a milk bar, news agency, chemist, bakery, deli, hardware shop and several eateries. The morning bus to the local high school left from outside the Kellyville shops. When we walked to school, we would wind through the suburban streets till we reached the back gate, but on the odd occasion us kids scored a lift from mum, she would drop us at the front gate. We would stare curiously at the high school students. They milled around in their light blue collared shirts and dark blue skirts and shorts, their bags hanging casually off their shoulders. Their language was peppered with profanities. They laughed and shrieked and sometimes even smooched or held hands. Some of them munched on hot newspaper-wrapped potato scallops from Nick's, even though it was 8.30 in the morning. The upper primary section of my school, which housed grades three to six, was a double-storey brick and concrete L-shaped building. A square concrete-paved courtyard was nestled into the inside of the L. This was where the primary students would line up every morning to file into class, and where weekly assemblies were held in the warmer months. This is our school, we would chorus as we recited the Monday morning creed, a fidgeting mass of red and white checked tunics, nose-picking, scab-scratching, grey shorts, band-aids on knees and freckled faces huddled together on the hot concrete. Let peace dwell here. Let the room be full of happiness. Let love abide here. Love of God, love of one another, and love of life itself. Around the edges of the courtyard were wooden seats, overhung by majestic clusters of gum trees. This was where the students would sit to eat lunch before running off to play skipping or handball or heading down the back of the school block to play chasings or weave daisy chains. The infant section of the school, which housed kindergarten and grades one and two, was a cluster of three separate buildings further down the school grounds, each containing two classrooms surrounded by similar seat and gum tree clusters. There was a grass play area and wooden playground equipment. Cement toilet blocks and bubbler huts accompanied both the upper and lower primary school grounds. On most weekday mornings, Dad would rise early for work and Mum would get Cecilia and me ready for school. Then my sister and I would walk to school past neat brick and fibro houses, their closely clipped lawns planted with bright red bottle brushes and hot pink busy lizzies. Past classmates also walking, past safety house signs on letterboxes and mighty come climb me oaks, gnarled arms heavy with acorns. Cecilia and I were like chalk and cheese, despite there only being an 18-month age gap. Once we entered the school gate, we'd go our separate ways. There was a silent solidarity in our approach, though, a mutual bracing against the day ahead. It had taken just a few months at preschool, up against the constant jeers of Carlita Allen and any other kids she managed to co-opt into her anti-Brown crusade, to wise up to the perils of exclusion. I knew before I started big school that, for me, the playground would be a battlefield, a world divided into allies and enemies. At five and a half, racism had already changed me. After a while, you start to breathe it. Another kid's parents stare over at your family on the first day of school with that look on their faces. You make a mental note to stay away from that kid. 
When you have to choose working partners in numbers, you discreetly shuffle over to the opposite side of the room. You tell a teacher someone is calling you names. Blackie, monkey girl, gollywog. The teacher stares at you, exasperated, as if to say, do you really expect me to do something about it? The next time you have a grievance, you look for a different teacher. This is how it changes us. This is how we're altered. The way my mother tells it, I was always the easy middle child. No nonsense, happy-go-lucky, low-maintenance, cheery and friendly. Back then, though, even in early primary school, I was intrinsically aware that the more invisible I was, the easier my life would become. Despite the name-calling and being picked last for most activities, I loved kindergarten. I had arrived at school already reading. Learning things excited me. The brightly stained...